0: Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's the podcast that is the artifact to E-League's auto chess. This is the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from the Hearthstone's Esports Announcement Party Announcement. It's the party for the party that we're going to have after the announcement will give us a party. It's going to be great. I don't even know where we ended there, but it's probably still a shorter cycle than the uh, Hearthstone Esports. I think it involves a party, but there will be an announcement coming soon. Let me know. TM. TM. i can't wait for the announcement about that announcement on this episode apex legends may be getting some vehicles magic the gathering continues to be a surprise hit bobby kotick is on somebody's chopping block booker t is about to bust a sucker and valve is back on their bullshit but first we're going to kick things off with our punching bag is back the overwatch league oh fun stuff fun stuff so overwatch league one league week one try that again overwatch league week one is in the books which means it's time to draw our way too early conclusions about the overwatch league based on two whole matches per team and some teams haven't even had to uh what are the biggest surprises for you from week one
1: uh that shanghai dragons still aren't Still
0: can't win, uh, that they're 0-42 now. And they're not only 0-42, but based on map record, are in last place. Also that. They found yeah. a way to lose even harder than
1: before. It's rough. It's got to be rough. I mean, this is a a team that you just you want to see them like week one, just win it. Win one, put it behind them. Just, and it just get that off happen. their back
0: and go, right?
1: Yeah, it's just not. It's just not even that great of a uh, showing so far. I think uh, it's it's really hard to call anything on week one. Uh, That's the point of this second. Yeah. Well, that's that's the point of the show. It's just kind of pointless. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway, XL infusion right up at top again, which is kind of cool to see. I think Spitfire is actually the the uh, the outstanding one that I would have assumed would be a, a much better stand. They are uh, they are
0: one map better than uh, Shanghai right now.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anybody who's won one technically has, but yes, <laughs> um, I, I would have expected them to have a, a better start. And then the I think it was the outlaws have already dropped the Battle of Texas to the fuel, uh and it wasn't pretty again choking on like a game five. I think the joke was from their coaches like as long as we don't go to a game five, we have a good chance of winning every every uh every team we play against, but yeah. if we go to a game five, we just automatically lose It's like just a curse. Done. Yeah, they
0: just joke. Uh, Some interesting surprises to Philadelphia Fusion that came on strong at the end of last season, obviously. They're topping the table right now. Uh, Your boys, the Hangzhou Spark and their finger guns. Number two. Right, right. Probably the easiest team to follow on screen because it's just giant pink sparks flying around. I know. It's like, how can we make this neon shit show any more neon? (laughs) Enter the Hangzhou Spark. Yeah, right. Uh, Rounding out the top four, NYXL going to try to uh, get a little bit closer to their expectations this season. The Vancouver Titans, Paris Eternal, Chengdu Hunters, Toronto Defiant, and Atlanta Rain make up the top eight. That's a lot of new teams. Maybe our concerns about uh, earlier on in the preseason about how the the new teams might dilute the quality uh, at least doesn't seem to be the the case for the new teams.
1: No, it doesn't at all. I mean, granted, when you add... When you basically double the amount of teams, you got a pretty good chance that some of those teams entering into the top eight. um it's, uh, we assumed that it would be kind of rough. but again, it's week one. I think everybody's got to find their groove. I do find it interesting it, even some of the teams that are still around, right that have been there, uh like fuel outlaws and, and and such even though fuel had a lot of turnover. but like even then, like those teams still aren't
0: really as dominant as you would think they would be. But it should be. Uh my, The Florida Mayhem also sitting down there into the bottom again, just being sad.
1: Well, they're yeah. like
0: they're like the non-Shanghai Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> they're just doing they're doing slightly better, but overall, uh, oh, there was also some technical challenges, uh, unsurprisingly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the funny part is they released that blog post like the day before talking about, or well, the, like the week before, like talking about how. Crazy, this the setup is, and how much they like data they have to move, and how many computers, and the amount of like mice and keyboards, and everything else that they keep. And then,
0: day one, it was just kind of like. It's Oof. like, thanks for bragging about that overcomplication. You have now been bitten in the ass. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind fell in my face. So keeping it over, watch the latest update that brings the Paris map is coming to, or is now on the live servers. Uh, a slew of other changes, but probably the biggest one outside of the uh, meta shifting throughout the Paris map is going to change how the game is played is these health changes uh, that they... Announced somewhere in those amazing show notes that I needed a abacus, a calculator, and a star map to figure out what is going on here.
1: In the show notes, well, you mean oh. in the dev notes? But I mean our all, show yes, notes—I forgot to add them both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we guess,
0: But uh, I, yes, insert either.
1: Uh, I, I think, in all honesty, that uh, the the big winners from this are, are obviously going to be like the, the support and the amount of healing that needs to be done. Essentially, what is happening is is a lot of that. Uh, I guess they non-renewable, I, I can't remember the exact verbiage that, that they use. Basically the when you get a buff for say armor or health whatever yep. it may be, that will get subtracted first before say or like uh so you get armor or shields is largely the movement here. So if you get a buff to armor and shields, that will now be eaten up first before going to your your yep. typical armor or your typical shield shields and which you would then be reduced from. In the past it kind of did it backwards. So uh, really what happens here is, and honestly, you'll probably get to, uh, from like a, a healer's, will probably get maybe an extra tick worth of time. It's not a ton. The funny part here is that kind of, how it worked in the past and how it works n- now, the people who would have benefited from the most would been like Torb and Symmetra in their previous uh, revisions. But since they've been reworked, they, they don't get pr- no advantage they, <laughs> they don't get it at all. But it would have had it in the past. So this is almost more of a, I feel like it's more of a bug fix that they're kind of calling it like, hey, this is how we're reworking Look it. Look at this
0: great improvement we're making.
1: But it actually makes more sense now, and it's almost the way you assumed it would like work. Like it should chip like. away at the bonus before it chips away at the core. Right? Correct. That's the easiest way to put it. And that's how they are, they're uh, implementing it now. But <laughs> it is... No, no doubt it had to have been implemented that way before It should have been and I think right. they just kind of goofed it along so
0: imagine this has some impact on like when that bonus falls off and the state you're in when that bonus falls off as well yeah I, I think um it,
1: again you that bonus was applied less often than it should have been so that's what I'm saying some of those characters that would apply it they will benefit from it a lot because they can so be other stacks in the
0: long run as well. yeah I think so I because Lord knows she needed to be stronger I mean well, I get to minor. It's not, it's not specifically to help Brigida, but she certainly didn't need any help.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little more minor. I think really what'll happen is before they the a person takes that damage uh or that health bonus or whatever it may be, uh, they're going to chew through the non-renewable stuff, the buff stuff first before getting to core So really like some of the splash damage or whatever you may get, some AoE damage, um, won't exactly hit your character and need to be healed right away. Um, So I think it'll probably give just maybe a split second more time for support to kind of heal their way through it. That's my assumption. Not a
0: bug, a feature.
1: Yeah, there's that.
0: There's that. Uh, moving on to Dota. So Dota Auto Chess, which is a Dota 2 mod that uh, that is neither Dota or Chess, uh, has surpassed 4 million subscribers and has essentially become what Dota was originally, right? Which was yeah. a mod on top of another game that took off almost more so than the core game. Now, it's not yet threatening Dota 2, to be clear here. But if you're Valve and you see something like this blowing up in your own ecosystem, A, it's ironic, given yeah. Blizzard missing the boat on the MOBA side. But also, when you have all this time and money and resources invested into artifact which can barely keep four digits worth of players to have some rando mod created in the community to have four million subscribers it's got to feel bad man it does it, it has to feel bad
1: you now <laughs> this
0: has to sting a little bit
1: i kind of feel like blizzard is probably laughing at this in some way shape or form it's probably the only thing they have to laugh about
0: right now i was, but... gonna, I was gonna make a joke too but it's not appropriate
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh i mean the, the the whole dota whatever if you know the history of dota and it being a mod now, their biggest... It's not a problem, right? These people are still still playing in the game.
0: The
1: the people are still playing in the game of Dota. So it's not subtracting from Dota. If anything, it's probably helping boost Dota's numbers. But what sucks is, is here's a mod that is made by like one or two people that has gained the interest of four plus million people, and yet they spent all this time, all this effort, and multiple devs, multiple years, spinning up Artifact, and... Uh, exponentially, it's like a thousand times less, uh, player base. It It
0: goes to show you that copying another popular game has never been the way to go. We saw this play out over and over again with MMOs. We saw this played out with MOBAs. Now here we are again. Everyone's got to make a card game. Turns out, no, making a unique, different type of game is always the way to go.
1: Well, We've talked at length about the problems with Artifact, and I don't necessarily think it being a copy was its biggest downfall. I just... I, I, I there there are num- numerous things. However, I, I think the the funny part here is the the creators of it were approached by NetEase to, to spin this up into its own sort of like mobile title because they want to make obviously it into its own game, um, and they declined to do it because they don't have any interest in kind of spinning it up into a game. Right. Now, we know what that means. NetEase is like, well, we offered it to you. We're just going to make it anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. Here comes the non-auto chess. Uh, yeah.
1: Guarantee at the next TI, we're going to hear about the auto chess mobile version. No, all
0: we'll get is a logo. Uh,
1: and then a big boo. No, actually, this people will applaud <laughs> this, this more than likely. One, yeah. And then they'll applaud it, and then they go, oh, but you're screwing the other people. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like when you have a mod for a game that, like... It's technically yours. I guess that's old battle what
0: Dota 2 uh, Yeah, I is, mean, this or? is what we went through before. I'm not sure right. how the legal precedent is set there. But you can imagine that Valve's going, wow, we don't want to have happen to us what we did to Blizzard.
1: Right, it's got to feel a little weird. So keeping in the realm of weird legalities, ex-WWE wrestler Booker T is suing Activision for copyright infringement, claiming that the game has stolen Profit's likeness from his GI Bro comic character, uh, from a question standpoint, I don't really know what to ask. You threw in, "Can you dig it, sucker?" But I don't really know. Like, this is just kind of weird. I mean, the, the, rele- the like, they look
0: the same. It's
1: pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. So if you were a wrestling fan, you would understand what that question.
1: That's is. why I, I. That's why I, I you get have to that. Say it a little more gusto. No, no, I Can don't. You that,
0: dig it, sucker?
1: yeah like See that. The, that's the thing. Is like I'm
0: willing to make a fool of myself quite often. Can you do a spinaroonie I don't even know what that is. But. So this is great. I could do this all night because I can just throw random wrestling references at you. And you have no clue what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Uh, this is, I mean, does it look like Booker T? Yes. Um, is the G.I. Bro Prophet character so unique that like it was impossible for them to accidentally copy it? No, because it's largely like right. a black man with dreadlocks and a gun and no shirt on. So it's not exactly <laughs> right. the most creative of characters, to be clear.
1: It, I mean, there there are similarities there. It's not anything that... They're both that, exactly
0: six foot one and a half.
1: <laughs> right. And honestly, it almost... When you look at the G.I. Bro character, you're like, oh, I've also seen this in another probably space game comic or whatever it may be before. Like you, yeah, pretty sure you like was stolen,
0: it. it's like Roadblock with hair.
1: Yeah, it's essentially probably even copied from somewhere else. So I don't even know if it's the originator. It kind of boils down to... Uh, all the stuff we didn't we're i don't think we have in the show but uh, all the stuff going on with like the Fortnite lawsuits around dances yeah it's like can you just i I get there's there's likenesses in general but like you can't just be like it is a person of a specific race who happens to have hair and be like it looks the same
0: it's a black man with a gun is not copyrightable i don't think because there's lots of games that contain black man with guns but when you take the shirt off Oh, T. evidently, evidently. It's all
1: about. I guess Booker if you, K. depending on your headgear as well, that could be the same.
0: headgear, what like braces or something?
1: No, no. I think they, he has like a like a a black cap on, and that's it. Like like oh, it's like, too, a bur- sort of, like a military. Bur- yeah, yeah. It's it's not even like specific. there's like a
0: specific design to it. It's just it's just a black hat. Yeah. <laughs> good God. Well, good luck, Booker T. I hope uh, you're able to compensate your lack of WWE money with the victorious lawsuit. The masses have complained, and Wizards of the Coast has listened. Nexus of Fate has finally gotten banned. The controversial deck will be, or the controversial card, I should say, will be banned um, both in the best of one, uh, in just the best of one formats for MTG Arena, but will continue to be a valid choice in best of three due to the uh, ability to sideboard in. How does this ban sit with you? And uh, do you think it should have been banned across the board? I don't think so. I think, and like you had mentioned before, in a best of three
1: format, you could sideboard into off uh to basically counter it right yeah, there's and there's some pretty
0: hard counters to
1: that yeah card. yeah and so it has an obvious downside to it the problem really lies in the fact that like on a best of 1 you don't have the ability and people just sit there and spam it over and over and over again and it just becomes like you get to watch somebody else play a bunch you of you get cars. to watch yourself lose right for quite a bit of time and if you know anything about like otks when it comes to like hearthstone or anything like that it's essentially that, except
0: you just get to watch somebody play like 40 cards for no reason. So it's Which not Which they seem to frown far more upon in online play. Like, this is the kind of deck that would be rewarded graciously in, like, you know, physical magic.
1: Right, right. But again, I so I, I like the fact that Wizards of the Coast listened to the community, uh, perhaps maybe even a bit too late, but they still listened in general, removed it from best-of-one play. I think it's a smart thing. They didn't totally counter the... The card in in general and didn't totally remove it, so people
0: who like they didn't, didn't nerf it, they didn't.
1: Yeah. yeah, like they didn't go the Hearthstone route, which is basically make it just unplayable. They still kept it in there, so if you've made it, you still have the you know you still have the card it's still useful in the deck. You they didn't kill the deck in general, just in certain formats. And they also, if people did uh, essentially create it, they're still giving um, oh. giving you stuff back for you're basically refunding you for what you did to make it so it's right you still so similar have to, to how hearthstone does when they nerf a card yeah yeah so it's not a huge change in that standpoint though the one the things i did want to add to this was that um it, when i was looking at some magic gathering stuff today i was like man i really when is this mac client coming and so this was
0: announced i believe on a podcast is this how i know that you won't be doing any work now so this, like, oh man i just
1: theory. want to i just want a mac client for it right um because i'm more often on my mac than i am on my pc in general and also i kind of like i don't know i don't have to sit at a desk necessarily to do it one step closer to a toilet game there you go there you go i honestly i'd love a mobile client for it but i just it doesn't feel like a good mobile game so this is close i can get to it yeah those cards are a little bit
0: more complicated to fit on a like i would have to like go into portrait mode just to be able to read all the details of the card
1: right and i don't have to worry about like my wife like wondering why I've, like, run an entire extension cord and everything else into the restroom just to play, like, on my desktop. Industrial strength. Anyways, there we go. Uh, I was going somewhere with this. Oh, yeah, yeah, So uh, the beta, um, they're talking about launching it later on in beta as they get closer to the actual full version of the game okay. um, or to the actual release of the game. They don't want to work on two different clients right now. I would it like it sense. if they could
0: up the resolution on the current PC well,
1: version. Well, you know, there's that, too. Um, but I, I think it's... I. I just want to throw that out there because I think it's – some people have asked, and it really wasn't until just like last week, I think in this – off like interview that they were just like yeah it's coming but it'll be like later as we get closer to our actual goal right
0: uh, it also just shows you that quiet well i don't know if quietly is the right way to put this because obviously magic the gathering in general is a very popular game but they have made multiple attempts at a digital version of magic online and otherwise and it seems like magic the gathering arena is just quietly gaming gaining steam while everybody else is stressing about hearthstone and right. artifact
1: well this actually shows as well that they're they're not looking for it. They're looking at it to being more of a uh, Hearthstone competitor, and not necessarily like just a replacement for Magic: The Gathering Online, right? They're they're going after Hearthstone, pretty hardcore, yep. and to dip into the Mac market shows that they are wanting to uh, grow their base. And uh, and dig into more of like what, what Blizzard has. Blizzard has historically, up until Overwatch, always made a Mac client.
0: Yep, yep. Um. And so this is just diving into it even more. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I don't know what it is specifically about Magic compared to Hearthstone that I like. I don't know if it's the extra complication and strategy around the yep. cards or the dynamic skills. You know, the dynamic uh, abilities that are available on the cards in comparison to Hearthstone. But I've always been a Magic fan, but I've never had the time and the patience to go through and collect it to be able to play good decks. Right. So to get the chance to do that online, as well as some of the mechanics they've added about being able to, like, convert pre-made decks into the digital versions and things well, like that, those I, are really cool features that get me excited about the game.
1: Yeah, I like the parity between it, the actual game itself versus the online. It's not like there's... It,
0: a a difference because in the past they have done dumb not dumbed down versions but more limited versions of it for the online versions of the game and this is not the case this go around
1: no and really the biggest limitation before was just having somebody to play against and now that's they've added that piece right basically i know what you're saying i could have more friends but it's really this allows me to be my hermit self and still play it just not on a mac yeah but now on a mac soon coming soon coming soon
0: All right, so let's talk about Valve. Uh, So Valve has released a schedule of another major, and this major is taking place during a player break. So there has been a schedule that has been set... With the CS:GO Players Association, that is supposed to be like essentially on season and off season places where they expect during the calendar year for players to not be in peak form. This is largely because Valve has sat back and allowed the third party tournament community to dictate when majors happen by just simply crowding the calendar until this is until they just decide they want to drop one on there. This is once again happened, so they were forced to drop it in the middle of a player ba- a player break. When is Valve going to get this sorted out? They have all the power in the world. They own the damn game. Just make your, just say, hey, here's the 2020 major dates. And even if you don't know the location, and this is the problem, is because they don't know where they're going to do it, and oftentimes they are piggybacking on another event, so if they don't know ahead of time, they get screwed. This just seems like something they should have easily figured out. They've gotten better at this with Dota than they have with their damn main game. Yeah, and I think it's because they also do Dota in a couple of different
1: countries that aren't typically... um, uh, Esports havens Esports e- havens, right? And so I so I kind of the the funny part here is I see all the different sides and I understand arguments coming from across the board. Valve should know, yes, when they're going to do a major, who's going to do the major, whatever it may be, way ahead of time and set that schedule. When they jump into things right around like August, September and in like late December, January stuff, that steps on the breaks times yep. uh that teams generally take it's and also not
0: an ideal time for a tournament. Like just well, generally not, speaking, holidays, really. Yeah, the, the other events happening around it, like
1: yeah, and so essentially, what happens is is uh, the the amount of money it takes to throw a CSGO major is not a minor thing, right? It's not it's it's not a small amount of money at
0: all. Oh, I'm just going to bust into
1: so, the Amex and make it happen, <laughs> right? Right, the bl- Black Amex, boom. No, um,
0: but it, it's <laughs> Thank what... you for the credit. For thinking about <laughs> a <of> Black Amex, <laughs> I got that one that you are like prepay, and it's not actually Amex. It's like Amux. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just sharpened mine so I look more important. Uh, so no, really, it's, it's it's. So I think what happens is they they don't necessarily have. There are only a select few groups who can really put together a major. It's like face it, Ladder now. Um, you know, it's <laughs> like, e league. E- well, yeah, e league. Um, but you've got these groups that w- are willing to pony up the money to put on a major, um, and it takes a lot of time to get sponsors spin up. Uh, even selling like how we found out about the last major or the major coming in, I think September is just because I'm an advertising agency looking for help. Like there's a lot of things that go into throwing a tournament of that size. So they may not have that information up front. And you also have to look at uh, what venues you can get and, all those things aren't always set in stone. So it's really hard to make those calls. You're a valve apologist. No, I'm not. I'm just saying from someone who's ran conventions, I get the the problems that are behind some of those things. And be able to forecast four conventions out, essentially, is, is difficult. Now I can get like, hey, you could dictate that if you're going to be someone who holds this major, that you hold it during these times and you know, maybe you have to find your own venue. That's up to you. But that's also more difficult for them, right? And one of the reasons why the, the majors, the Dota majors, are a little easier to, to do is because Valve generally handles the majority of that, too. So they're they're more involved in the Dota scene than the CSGO scene.
0: Which is crazy, given the popularity of CSGO.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's, here's one of the other things that I, I did want to mention is it's... Even though the, the CSPPA came back and was like, "Hey, this is kind of ridiculous that you're doing it, right?" And the the Players Association is like, "We should get the break." Um, you're by by literally starting the week after a major. You're going to have teams who aren't in good form, or they may have uh, roster changes that have taken place. Right. And to me, that's like. It, it, I guess it, because it's a major, it makes more sense because those teams have like earned their spots there. Right. So they are deserving of a spot there. Some of them are, but when you've got the events, the minors leading up to it, and the qualifiers leading up to it, they don't get a break. Some of them. Right.
0: But it's is, also is, is like that allows. The reward for being right. You know, it's like getting a buy in a tournament.
1: Right. So the teams who didn't get the buy have to put the extra work in, and that's the that's I guess. Part of the problem, but at the same point, I'm like, you, all the teams who are playing have to put the work in, right? right? You, you're not just like automatically deserving of it.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know. I I get it from a scheduling standpoint. I think there's a general bigger problem here in that there is no concept of a Valve calendar. There is a right. CS:GO calendar, and Valve, for the most part, is on equal footing with your ESLs and your IEMs and whatever from a scheduling standpoint yeah and it shouldn't have to be that way i understand that there's complications here and this has something to do with the fact that valve is not willing to take that next step that a riot takes or a blizzard takes which is we're going to own the production of this and a lot of this not all of it but a lot of it is going to happen in our studio they don't own any of the ecosystem from an esports perspective outside of the majors and even them they're through partnership so it does make it unpredictable but it's also at some point, something's got to give. The CSGO calendar maybe only rivaled by the Overwatch League calendar and just the amount of stuff that is going on and the potential for player burnout. And so it sucks when what is supposed to be the highest quality play in Counter-Strike is thrown in a point in a place where we may not be getting the best from the players.
1: I, that argument, I, I'm 100% behind. I totally get and I totally agree. I think what happens is is a lot of these majors and the people putting on the major are still, well, like you mentioned, Valve doesn't have direct... Uh, running of it but they definitely have uh, a huge portion or of, uh, of this say and how the tournaments run what goes on and i think that uh, the fact that they're ponying up so much money right is is one of the reasons why you kind you're even if you're a tournament organizer you're still at the, the whim of valve largely yeah especially when it comes to the major and so yeah it, it's it's tough there's a lot of things at play i get that it's more difficult i just almost feel like you have to kind of maybe put some guardrails on if you're valve and and But it's hard to do it when you're not the one throwing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, I mean, they have. That's the part they need to change. Like I think they are too big for them. This is like they don't partner with people for the international. It's true. Yeah, but they always hold the international. Basically, well, they have historically held it in Seattle, which is their basically their hometown. Well, it's right across the pond. But but now we got Vancouver and China, and so they're 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 branching out. There's no. uh, there are ways to fix it. They're just not willing for some reason with Counter-Strike to make that commitment. I don't know whether it's they don't want to disrupt the third-party ecosystem or whatever the case may be, but it is definitely having an impact on the quality of the majors, in my opinion, when you do it uh, from this standpoint of going over player breaks. Um, another interesting thing from CSGO we should talk about real quick before we move on. So, I.M. they put out their new seeding process to test as they kick off the Legend stage. And in this new seeding system, teams rank their opponents from 1 to 16 in an to see the bracket. What is your take on this? I really, really like this. Oh, yeah, curveball.
1: No, I, no, I totally do. And I think one of the reasons why I like it is because you have the teams themselves going through and saying, "I'm scared of that person. I'm not scared of that person." And you're ranking them one to basically sixteen or however you. Because you're not really ranking yourself. So one through fifteen, you're, you're assigning them a, a point way. Right. And what you do is you get a more accurate um, ranking system of where that team is at that point in time, right? Because if you're basing legend status on previous tournament – we've seen this in the past. Team Liquid was like – I was just going to say
0: the Team Liquid problem.
1: Right. Team Liquid, which is they did really great when they had Simple. They got to a grand final, didn't win – and then f- basically folded after that. But when it came around the following they just major, ro- they just
0: rode the wave. They
1: rode the wave in. They got automatically get in. Where in this case they'd be seated last and have to basically face against like a number one team. Yep. And that's essentially kind of what happened to complexity gaming in this. Is they got in because of the previous uh, runnings. Yep. And now they're kind of forced into like they're they're out of their depth. Right. Basically. It's not even.
0: It's not the same team at this point.
1: Right, and they also got to go up against Astralis. So, again, 16 versus 1, you're kind of punished for not basic keeping in form. And the, the one downside to this, and it's not it's nothing you can't – I mean, it, it, will, it, it would end up happening more than likely in some way, shape, or form, is, is uh, NC Sports versus Renegades. These are the two teams that basically out uh, outperformed where people assumed they would be. And if there was a Cinderella story largely in this, it's probably the – especially ends is probably those two teams and how they're, they've been performing compared to expectations. Mm-hmm. The problem is they got ranked eighth and ninth. <laughs>
0: okay. And,
1: and, so, and so, the, so now they're they right the in pl- the middle
0: and they play each other.
1: And so they, right off the bat, one of them is getting thrown down the lower bracket, which kind of sucks. But, uh, at one point, if, if it's going to be a Cinderella story, they would have to run into each other, but just, that's the only downside of this is you, you have this team who, if you think about it, you had eight teams already previously, uh, in the legend rank, and then Ents just comes up and just gets, you know, in eighth place spot because right. of their performance. Um, which is not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Like, again, basically it shows that uh, they've earned the respect of a lot of these other teams, which,
0: yeah, I, I, I agree. They've done well. My concerns here are the cynic in me, which is A, esports be esports and this just seems like a system that could potentially be manipulated well there so there's something about this what they do so they actually threw out the outlier
1: score so um astralis was ranked number one across the board by every team except nip nip ranked liquid above astralis and so what happened is is they actually threw they throw out the outlier so if, if everybody ranks you number one and somebody ranks you number 16 the 16 gets bolt kicked away and so they actually have the whole process on esl's website which is really cool that they broke it down to like here's the new system here's how we do it they even showed you what teams this is what i thought was funny what teams ranked their other players so it's almost a little bit of like a mind game insight like hey astralis ranked us as number two but most people put us as number three it means astralis is worried about us there's something about the way we play or our strategy or a map pull that scares them and so it, it kind of it could be a boost to some of these teams, unless you're complexity. But it could be a boost to some of these teams. Like uh, there's nothing hey, I'm, I'm pretty hev- heavily weighted. Right. I'm yeah. So there's there there's it's neat. I, I like I
0: like it. Um, and it that kind is of, very clear. This is the most excited you've been all episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the only time I wanted to really no, I'm joking. I,
0: I don't most know. of the time. I just tell you not to talk.
1: Yeah, you're just like back in the corner until we talk about Hearthstone. Yes. No. um I, one of the things I am looking forward to, though, in this is um, MIBR versus Cloud Nine. This is one match I think stands out right out of the gate. Um, How they rank each other? So MIBR is ranked fourth. Uh, cloud Nine got thirteenth, um, which is actually lower. If you look like HLTV rankings, are ranked like seventh in the world, and they got a thirteenth, so they actually got ducked quite a bit. And People even though don't respect the cloud, <laughs> right? Um, uh, even though like Zealousis is is pretty much the rookie in this case, uh, he's already shown like some good. Uh, Good clutch plays. Uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been a, like cash. He was just like a 1v3. He won out, which is pretty crucial. However, they had a really rough start to this. I think they, they kicked off like 1 and 2. Barely made it in. Um, so the fact that they got 13 out of 16, probably they, they deserve it in all honesty. So, But MIBR hasn't played with the the new returning roster of a returning roster, uh, which is the same group that we had Phelps back when he was in the Immortals Yep, jersey yep. playing with them um and i can't remember which can we get game. some throwback immortals jerseys for this match <laughs> right he should just wear it just for fun i mean that's going to um, be a
0: thing in esports soon
1: but the band is back together so to say and they're getting to play this would be the first time out and they actually get to play against cloud 9 which they basically are ruined uh, they own, but them. yes yeah anyways so there's there's that i'm looking forward to it uh dropping this week we have the operation Grant heist hits black ops And uh, today it actually hits us on the 19th uh, on PS4 first. And there's plenty of goodness to be had in this. So the announcement trailer had a lot to unpack in it. New multiplayer maps, new blackout map, another specialist, and of course, plenty of those uh, cosmetic goodies. What are your thoughts on the latest content drop?
0: I think they're trying really, really hard to be everything but Call of Duty right now. Like it looked like a Grand Theft Auto trailer had a baby with too. like Fortnite and uh, Payday, and it was all over the place. Um, kudos for trying some new and interesting things. Like, it's clear that they're feeling the pressure, right? Like we've got to do something new and interesting, and we've got to draw from these other popular games that are eating our lunch right now. And uh, I, I don't know what to think. It's got It's very crowded in the space where I'm visualizing this, right? Like, if I want over-the-top crazy, just dumb crap, I'm going to go play Grand Theft. You know, if I want silly costumes, I feel like Fortnite does it better. Uh, The the specialist thing is very Rainbow Uh, Six-ish. I don't know. Like, it almost feels like they're trying too hard. The costumes are a little absurd, but not to the point of, like... You know, where I'm going, oh, look, it's hot pants and a, and a bozo wig. Like, it's. I mean, we did get a space gorilla, basically. Yeah, we got. But it wasn't a, a good space uh, gorilla. No,
1: I mean. Winston's a good space gorilla. <laughs> <girl at> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of. There was a lot in that trailer, a ton in that trailer to unpack. Um, I do like the Elvis outfit. I'm not going to lie. I think that was. The, You're the wearing Elvis it right scene, now. I, I would be if I could. If I could fit into it, I totally would. There's a lot of rhinestones going on. Yeah, that's my normal bedazzlement. But I think in general, um, it, it almost feels like this is a content drop a little too late. They would have had. A, I feel like they would have had a lot more success pre Apex Legends and what, what honestly, game? Huh? What? Exactly that that game that I'm really obsessed with right now. Um, I, if they had done that, I think they would have had more more luck with this launch. But I mean, Apex is is putting the hurt on even Fortnite, right? Really, when it comes to numbers in terms of viewership, yep. and so I think that uh, it feels a little. Uh, too t- little, time too to late.
0: Move on to the next Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tree in the franchise, and
1: I, and I think people are just so used to a lot of content really, really fast with games, especially when they're free to play. And this isn't a free to play model thing. They've no. now switched, kind of, sort of, to it.
0: They're, they're they're backing their way into it. Like they thought that just having battle royale was going to be enough.
1: Yeah, and it feels it's. We knew that they had planned content drops, but again, that's not how anything works anymore. And nope. it's just showing this this mentality of dropping something. Once a quarter, you, and, and having this battle—not like, necessarily battle pass uh, model—but like it's just an antiquated model, and, and now it's it's hurting them because they're not able yep. to drop
0: content. Sixty and, bucks, microtransactions, slow releases—it's a weird combination. Well, and, and here's the here's the the part that's uh, crazy is that
1: you know a lot of this was done a month ago, two right. months ago. And they chose to
0: hold onto it and not drop like, it. Why couldn't these have just been modes they released every month as opposed to right. getting an entire set of them? Because they're very disparate, right? There is not shared assets and mechanics in these. Like one's a Vegas map, like one's in the middle of the desert. Like there was no reason why they could not have released these as different pieces or released the skins earlier. Like it's that very much that old school model of we need to cram a bunch in here so we can sell a $15 DLC pack as opposed to like, here's a $5 map or a $2 right. Elvis skin or whatever. Yeah. Uh, who am I kidding? Sorry. Twelve dollars. It's EA, EA money.
1: No, uh, or sorry, Activision money. No, I, I think that uh, I mean they've got two brand new multiplayer maps. You know that they could have released these. Uh, you know, one one month is Casino. The next month is is Lockup. Um, they've got a new specialist uh, Outrider, which is actually coming back from Black Ops Three, I think. Uh, but again, these are things that they've 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 been sitting on and. At what point in time do you look at this model of how you're supposed to make money and be like, oh, we just need to drop this when it's done, the longer I hold on to it, somebody else is going to just come and no one's sitting space. around with
0: bated breath like, man, I can't wait for another DLC. Like <laughs> no. I hope they do a big, giant one. If, if anything, Fortnite gets bashed
1: a lot for the amount of content it drops at the pace it drops because yep. it's constantly fiddling with things. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to lock yourself into a cadence, even, necessarily, but a cadence of every three months is too slow in this space. Yeah.
0: Well, especially in that time, five new Battle Royale games have come out.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy stuff.
0: So as we spoke about uh, last week, rumors of Activision Blizzard laying off staff members were in fact true. The company announced layoffs of up to 8% of their current staff, uh, largely in non-development positions after, uh, surprisingly, a record-setting quarter of revenue. Uh, This is obviously a sticky subject. They did not endear themselves any further by doing this after announcing record revenue. Uh, This is nearly 800 jobs at Blizzard. Now, I don't want to rehash the conversation from last week, but now that it has actually come into play... Like where does Blizzard go from here? Because this—if you look—if you follow the, the employees on Twitter and LinkedIn and whatnot—like this is this is beyond just a loss of people. This has a, been a soul-crushing hit to the overall morale of the company, as layoffs tend to be. But in a company like Blizzard, that largely has—they've had layoffs in the past, but they've largely been strategic in that, like, oh, we don't need this much support staff or things of that nature. Like this feels very much like taking away some mm-hmm. of Blizzard's identity and moving it to Activision.
1: Yeah, it's a lot's a loss of culture. is really what you're saying is like there's a their culture's taking a huge hit um and it's taking huge hit it's played out in public and and that's the problems like people really like kind of getting annoyed with blizzard around blizzcon and now they equally are annoyed well they're they're more annoyed with with activision and and still annoyed with blizzard and now they feel sorry for blizzard uh because of uh you know these layoffs you never want to see anybody lose their job that's just awful especially in this industry but the, the part that burns the most is that record revenue piece, uh, and as we had mentioned before, bringing on like the new CFO, getting a $15 million bonus. It doesn't play out well. I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so gets a $15 million bonus, and we're, we're dropping 8% of our staff. And it was largely in the areas of community. Uh, it was in eSports. Support, e- e- sports, um I, I'm still surprised now when I, I I pop onto somebody's Twitter and they're still working at Blizzard and they still work in eSports. I know it's like did they miss you? did you hide under a desk somewhere? Have you just not updated your profile? like I'm really worried to even talk to people that I know that work there. I'm not really worried, but I'm just concerned like to make the assumption that they still work there
0: and yep. it's because tough. you and I've known a lot of people I mean we've been uh, circling Blizzard eSports since nearly the beginning yeah so we know some of the OG folks so it's, it's like oh God, I hope that person still has a job.
1: Yeah, no, it's rough whenever you hear that cuz it was upwards of like almost 800 people. I think 775 was like the last rough count. Yep. Um and uh, even then I was, there's some people that I was concerned but they actually like they did a lot of shuffling of people around. Um, so to people that I knew that were like and... in, in more of like a community focused version uh, uh, of a role in in Hearthstone got moved over to Overwatch. So it was like, cool, they they've at least found a home within Activision uh, Blizzard. So that's good. They have like we mentioned before, they were trying to slowly um, release people and voluntary layoffs since as early as like November I think of last yep. year, yep. right after BlizzCon they started that that whole process. And I'm I wondering from like the revenue standpoint. I mean, I know that they're hurting definitely in mobile because they are issues with King and all this. Um, Who didn't see that coming a yeah. mile away, though? Buy a game when it's
0: well past its heyday for $2 billion. Buying oh. any, like, with the exception of Supercell, what right. big microtransaction-driven mobile company has had multiple hits? I mean, this is like Zynga, Draw Something, yeah, like yeah. all the all these like, one-hit wonders that people have paid billions of dollars for, like Candy Crush, sure, great. But it was already past its prime. This is like Microsoft overpaying for Minecraft in a lot of ways, right? Right. Like it's past right. its prime. What are the real chances that they're going to find another hit when that first hit was completely accidental? N- nothing about Candy Crush is any different than any other bejeweled-type clone game. <laughs> right. They just have right place, right time, right theme.
1: Well, and they also drastically failed to integrate King into Activision Blizzard and capitalize that audience. We did they didn't even talk
0: it? about them they like didn't, outside
1: of revenue numbers. Like. They, yeah, they never were able to take that huge audience that they had. And really convert them into any other game. And that was really their play. It was like we're gonna get this huge player base, we're gonna turn them into Hearthstone players, we're gonna turn them into like, I don't know, World of Warcraft players, whatever it may be. The well, you know, there's all these plans we could Advertise Overwatch and everything with this, but it's just not the right group of people. No, it's a completely different game. Uh, and, right? and they just they kind of lost out. And King even went through a rough spot. They like laid off all their people in, in Seattle. I think they've gotten out kind of they grown that back up a little bit. But they even hit a rough spot when they started dropping people.
0: Yeah, and this is also the other piece of news that came out this week around this is that Blizzard has already confirmed that there will be no major tentpole releases in 2019 as well from any yeah. of their major franchises. Yeah. So That means we're basically looking at expansion type, type content, uh, DLC type content, and uh, the uh, re-release Warcraft three potentially right. if that even comes on time.
1: Yeah, and which also means uh, I would not be surprised if if
0: BlizzCon is canceled this year. There's just how do you have? have I know this is a little bit of an overreaction, but how do you have BlizzCon after the year that they've had so far? It's it's tough i mean they've
1: they they're historically they've canceled it what one time one time yeah. and that was because they were heads down working on stuff and they were like we don't want to take time away for it we want to knock out yeah they a were close to
0: completing a couple of games right and, and but
1: now like you don't have any of those and
0: so uh, i don't know I, it, I, it just seems weird right we're gonna have we have blizzcon for the first year with none of the major players right like marheim's gone we know metzen is circling but he's not going to show up in an I official contract, capacity yeah. Um, it, it just seemed and there's nothing it, there. Now that's not to say that there's not stuff to announce then, but it feels like after the year, this is not the year to be celebrating Blizzard.
1: Well, I think it's, it's definitely too early in the year, especially right after this, that you don't want to announce, Hey, let's have a party. Um, it's just not Wait, what you is do. It, what
0: is what's the announcement for the party?
1: Well, I, again, the announcement for the announcement of the party, right? Yeah. Um, well, I guess so we, can, we can, we can, we can talk about that. So Harston uh, Esports uh, did delay their, their competitive, uh, Sorry, their competitive plan reveal until later this week. It was supposed to land today. Um, I knew of it yesterday that they had emailed out certain people, like press people, that they were going to delay it. But they never publicly announced it. They announced today, right around the time which they're supposed to do the announcement, that, oh, we're pushing back the announcement until Friday or later this week. Which what do you, you think, think is are waiting
0: on? I,
1: so here's... I, wild conjecture, the, too. No, no, it's not wild conjecture. The, the, it was only released on HSE Sports Twitter account, right? Not even the typical Play Hearthstone Zone thing, uh, Twitter account. And it came way, way late in the game. So, or, I mean, like it was like mid afternoon here on the East Coast. So they, they're they're alerting thirty five thousand people, like, hey. We're going
0: to push it back a Basically of just to be able to say that they told people without making it a big deal.
1: Yeah. Not the 878,000 people on the normal Play Hearthstone. So uh, I had to look up those numbers just to show like, you I was going to say you your mastery depth. of the number of yeah, followers yeah, yeah. on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to show you like that that's the compare. Like They're like, hey, hey, <sighs> over here. Less. We're
0: canceling. Over here.
1: Right, right. And so they wanted to call attention to it, but not too much attention to it. If you also look at the amount in which Play Hearthstone is updating, they've lost – that, that's what's happened It's like they've lost the the communication staff that largely uh, gets this stuff out there. So I think what happened is this this restructure this firing has caused a delay. Look at play hardstone how often they update. They haven't like updated in like three days on average, not even replies on average before the announcement they were doing twenty plus maybe replies or tweets a day.
0: If you compare it to like the Overwatch account, which is super active and it's always right. like retweeting fan art and yeah, and there's like it's like crickets right now across HS esports, like
1: all of them. It's just like super, super slow. Do they cancel this game in the next 12 months? Uh no. No, I don't think they do. I think they cancel esports. This is last year for it. Um if it's this difficult to make a decision around what they want to do. Even if they say, hey, we're going to do it, we're kind of fussing with format, it may change, or here's a front half, here's a back half of what the season may be, expect it to change, which they've done before in the past. They didn't really change it drastically, but they're not even willing to do that. And so another thing that's kind of poking around out there, so Dean Ayala tweeted out, like, hey, if you've left Hearthstone, what are some things that would bring you back? Which is an interesting thing to have, like, your lead game designer, like, out there. Saying like, "Hey, if you've left Hearthstone as a game, what are some yeah, of the things we, we could do to nice bring you back?"
0: Marketing survey email,
1: right? It's weird that he's on Twitter just openly asking about this. This is the day before they're supposed to announce what they're supposed to do competitively. My favorite response was Chicho, which we know left for yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's say nice bring back Chichu? No, no, he didn't. He says he just tweeted simply tournament mode. I was like, oh, oh. So obviously Sick he burn. wanted that. Um, but it was, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough. I mean, the responses in there are like across the board or like, you know, the people are just like mad at the amount of communications that's come out from them. They have basically put a lot of stuff on hiatus. Doesn't even feel like there's any kind of reward
0: for actually playing now. No, the card back thing has long outlived. It's it's usefulness yeah. as a keep playing mechanic. Yeah.
1: The irony here is that they've gone and basically removed the staff that Handles communication, and their biggest problem right now is communication. So you, there's I, it's it's an Who empty. Needs house. those pesky
0: communicators? Jeez, I know,
1: right? And that, that's I don't know. I think that's that's my problem with it. I think I was like tweeting earlier this week. It was just like, man, the state of Hearthstone right now. I just feel like it's just crickets. Like all the people I was like friends with, all the stuff I was hyped about. Like last year at this time, like all this cool stuff was happening. It felt like the year before that, even crazier stuff was happening in terms of Hearthstone like
0: they did so much cool stuff around hearthstone and hearthstone esports i just remember that night in karazhan release party we right. went down to in la like all this cool stuff now it's like hey here's an expansion we got a new mechanic hey.
1: yeah, here here's an expansion there'll be single player content like in six weeks it's like why i don't even want single player content really in all honesty like it's cool it was like novel with like uh kobolds and catacombs but like
0: since no, for the then, most part it's they've not actually
1: not been, really been that great. I haven't they, had any fun.
0: They just keep changing the order in which you do the same things, right? It's like, "Oh, well, we'll do we'll make it a wing, we'll make it a ladder, we'll make it it's like right, I'm right. still just playing the AI." I honestly haven't played the single player content in the last two expansions,
1: which is super weird. Like before, go I would knock about day 1. You. I would play those before I would actually play ladder. And I don't know anymore. It's just like well, well, they also come out after the fact, but well, it's just yeah. not worth it. I'm already burned bird
0: out by then lastly the first real signs of vehicles in apex legends have been found in the core code the discovery of a hover bike was made earlier today by an apex legends leak site now we've seen vehicles floating around but they're kind of more of the static variety do you think it is the right time to introduce vehicles into apex legends mr obsessed with the game
1: um i feel like they're not necessary in the current map now it may be that this is something that's Legit in the code for testing purposes from
0: dev-, dev standpoint. Yeah, I don't doubt that the game in some underlying mode would. T- they probably tested this for right. just to try it out and see if it works.
1: Right, and, and so they we everybody's assumed that vehicles are coming. There's vehicles in the games uh, that look like they easily could be models that are drivable, um, but they obviously aren't. Um, the hover bike is essentially what is in there. Um, at least it references to a hover bike. It, it could be a different mode. Uh, I just feel like part of the appeal of that game is the verticality of it right, right. so right. It like a rocket pack well yeah i think in in some of the cool things about it is like because of the verticality you have people like pathfinder whose ability to uh zip line and grapple like all those things are there and that's part of uh, a core mechanic of that of that character is that the maneuverability of it also a lot of action happens when you're traversing the map and sometimes out in the open um and you're you're it you don't have that feeling like I'm this constant like running simulator like PUBG can turn into right, right. where you're just like oh man I wish it was like an auto run never have I thought oh man, I wish there was an auto run in this because I'm too freaked out that something's going to happen because there's always stuff going on. And so while the map is a decent size, it doesn't feel so overwhelmingly big that I need to get from point A to point B because there's nothing in between. There's there's
0: actual useful, they use space much better in the Apex map than they do in say the Fortnite map where like, I feel like those vehicles, while they'd make some cool moments, also were largely about the fact that like, I've got to walk for like the next three and a half minutes and it's largely just open area. Whereas Apex just has a very dynamic map. Like you said, there's a vertical, to it even in the open spaces there's stuff going on around it and places for people to hide it's not just like oh there's an outhouse and nothing else i'll just run away from that outhouse and it'll be fine
1: yeah and all the spaces i feel like they have a little bit of a story behind them i guess you could say like the bunker and such like so when you're going along especially as a newer player um, even when you're like five to ten hours into this game you're still finding new stuff in new areas that you probably wouldn't catch when you you are on a hover bike flying along. I just don't see the. It almost the use feels for like it I would
0: ruin it a bit.
1: I think right now it it, it would, and there was some people on stream that were talking about how like one of the reasons why they like this because there there's not vehicles in it, and they feel like that's one of the things that really annoys them about PUBG.
0: Yep. And I and I, I can
1: I can see that.
0: Um, I could also make the argument that. Apex Legends is a different type of Battle Royale game, and it's not about the silly moments as much uh, as, like, Fortnite is a meme machine, right? Like, it's all about weird and silly moments, where I feel like Battle Royale, and not to say that there's no skill in Fortnite, but Apex Legends is built around more of that core shooter mechanic, and it being about, like, the special abilities, and there's a lot more to do than just, like, get a weapon and shoot somebody, and I think that's what makes it interesting, it feels like the vehicles take away from that in some way.
1: I think so, too. Maybe if they put it to some, like,
0: 90s rock stuff, and uh, gave me a Space Gorilla. Bedazzled. Yep. There we go. Bedazzled that's how we do it. Legends. That's going to do it. You can catch every episode of this lovely podcast over on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over on iTunes, be sure to leave us a five-star review so Seven can uh, refresh his bedazzling. There we go. That's how I, that's how I, I use those stars from our reviews. On my outfit. That is scary. Uh, If you want to uh, see pictures of what those stars look like on Seven's outfit, you can do that by going over to our Discord at discord.eleagereport.com. And, of course, coming up this weekend, uh, February 23rd and 24th, is the E-League FIFA Ultimate Team Champions Cup. That is a lot of words. You can catch that live (laughs) starting at 10 a.m. on Twitch, eLeague.com and be our live. Oh, look at that BR Live sneaking in there. Somehow sneak onto our show. I just don't understand. Full circle. It's all coming full circle. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back with another episode of the E League (laughs) Report.